talking shit, baby. Every episode, I promise you it's lit, baby. Every week, get some shit you can't miss, baby. Dylan Bob, still a vibe. Podcast game solidified, no cap. All fact like a snapper. Stream us on that Spotify or Apple, tap in. Roller coaster ride, strap in. We gon' take you for a ride, just take this shit and stride. All topics, sport the current event. Tell me who more current than this. Good luck with the mother shows. This the best one. Your sister and your brother knows. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shit, we talking shit, baby. We talking shot, we talking shot, we talking shit, baby. Yes, sir, it's talking shop, and it's the DYLF here. Um filling in. Uh, Bobby right now is dealing with a personal issue. He's fine. He's perfectly fine, but busy at the moment. Uh, So we're going to be rolling on with this episode. I do have a guest as scheduled, as promised. Uh, We're here to talk some Browns, some football, some free agency. Todd Kitzler is here with me today. Todd, how you doing? I am doing good. Thank you for having me, Dylan. Oh, anytime, man. Anytime. Been wanting to get you on to talk some Browns, uh, to talk some Browns football, because we have... uh, colliding i guess opinions at times um but at the same time Always we can on most things you know just browns fans you know just doing browns things <laughs> we are uh what you could say like diametrically opposed um or have been over the years kind of opposing views of the franchise both loving it um equally the same just very <laughs> different outlooks on uh, what's going on with us yeah I would say that I'm more of the optimistic viewpoint oh. of Browns fan, which is probably more of the healthier way to live. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I agree. And the older I get, I understand the the good things that come from a positive outlook on life. But man, oh man, this franchise has made me a pessimist <laughs> for my 20 yeah. some odd years watching them. I can't blame you. I mean, I can't blame you. But from my viewpoints, um, it's just a healthier way to live, I guess. I'm definitely disappointed more times than not. Um, but it's better to change it now. Yeah, yeah, right. Change it now. It is exactly. It is exactly. We can talk all about it on episode 103 here. Uh, Be sure to follow us, TSP listeners. On all platforms, that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Talking Shop Pod. For all the latest, uh, be sure to subscribe, support, hit the follow button, do as you please. All is appreciated. Um, but Todd, let's uh, get into this as far as, let's, let's start, I guess, who is Todd? You know, let the listeners know, I guess, uh, get a little bio, a little background history uh, before we get deep into this episode. Yeah, because obviously we we're wondering who is this goon? Uh, I'm, I'm Todd Kitzler II. Um, I'm from Northwest Ohio. I uh, currently am finishing up my undergrad uh, at Bowling Green State University. I start law school in the, uh, in the fall and shoot outside of, you know, grinding through this degree. Uh, I do nothing but pay attention to, you know, Cleveland Browns football and the NFL at large, because um, you know you can only you can only focus on school and being a server uh, for so long. So you know, got a lot of thoughts that I can't wait to to pick your brain on and kind of throw these out into the ether. You know what I mean? Let it be known, my uh, all knowing and 
typically, typically accurate predictions about the Browns. Typically, I don't know if that's sarcasm. Um, I feel I like mean, I've been pretty accurate. I feel like I've been pretty good about, except for my Baker take. I was, I was wrong on Baker. Where proudly on the shelf of just. You know, that, that one is just feels great because not only it's the most important position in all sports, it's just one that the Browns have just been absolutely needing forever. Inept is the word that comes to mind um, after how many years has it been now? I mean, it, we were coming up since 99 till when he was drafted. We were looking at like 19 years of literal futility at the quarterback position. We hadn't even smelled our our best thing that we had seen was Derek Anderson. And Derek Anderson no disrespect to Derek. I loved him, but man, oh man, he was not a franchise guy. Um but it's I don't know. I I was not a fan of Baker and then to be I was at the game when he debuted against the Jets. Um I got to see that whole run. I mean, it was kind of hard not to completely love the guy after that, obviously, because he had such a great coming out party. Um, but I, I was definitely, uh-huh. So I would be wet, soaked. Oh, oh my goodness. No, I could only imagine. I knew you were at home just, just creaming a little it was, bit. It was, you know, <laughs> when like that certain chord hits in a, in a song, your favorite song, you just get the chills, the goosebumps. That's what it was with every completion. That first strike, dude, it was like if any if you play Madden and you know like with your X Factors, you get the gunslinger attribute and it's just like it zips. It's like you can complete those outs, no problem. But it's like it's just like that, man. Just it zipped out of his hands right to Jarvis Landry. The crowd went crazy, it, and I can't even wait for crowds to be back, full capacity, back in first energy. Um, that alone, watching it through the television, kind of feeding off the crowd coming through my television. That's another thing I, I'm, I d- truly miss from uh, the 2020 season. But nonetheless, Baker Mayfield that Thursday night, you were actually there. Uh, was oh, it? Yeah, what, yeah. That was, I was in the dog pound crowd, right? Oh yeah, no, it's crazy because I was gonna say we haven't we haven't seen a a true Cleveland crowd when we've been like this talented and striding along at the pace that we should because we were figuring it out in eighteen, and you know towards the end we we were there kind of, but we weren't seriously contending for any like playoff spots, so. <laughs> It kind of sucked when you go to 19 and the entire year is just this feeling of like, man, like there's just something that's not right. And obviously that ended up being Freddie Kitchens um, and we can throw him under the bus as much as we throw Hugh Jackson under the, under the bus as far as I'm concerned. He's the truth. And then we have uncle COVID to, to steal a term from Pat McAfee, I love that Uncle COVID line. Uh, Uncle COVID stepped in and really, really screwed everything up for us. Because we didn't – nothing. Nothing. Because those crowds – could you imagine that, that a crowd, like a full crowd, if it would have been uh, when we were playing them in week 17? I mean – or was that in Pittsburgh? That was in Pittsburgh. But you get my point. Uh, I mean – 
I, I would have to say this. I'm just happy that we had a season, first and foremost, because it was so surreal when we were watching that NBA game. I was, it was the Jazz and someone, uh, some other team. I forgot what it was. But um, it, they literally, they were in warm-ups, about to tip off, and then they just yanked them off. It was just like NBA shut. Oh, oh yeah, that was wild, dude. Because television. It was like, no way. I didn't think it was going to be – I didn't know, like, because they kept selling the 14-day thing. So I, I believed for a second that we were going to be, like, you know, shut the NBA down, shut everything down, come right back. And when they finally canceled everything, it, initially, because we, we did bring back the bubble, obviously, but, like, when they first canceled the season, it really did feel like, wow, we're not going to get to see football in the fall. Just because the dominoes kept falling. I mean, remember, even we were as close as the Big Ten saying they weren't going to, they literally said they weren't going to play. They had a reverse course. So, arguably, they waited too long. Almost. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, they definitely did. They screwed it up because then teams, we were talking about Ohio State with six games getting into the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not a huge college football guy, but it's, I was just happy to see any college football, but to have a full 16 game season go pretty much unabated, except for that shitty, that shitty uh, COVID week we had, uh, man, it it went pretty well. Other than not having fans, yeah, it's a trap, isn't it? It's the Jets. Yeah, it's the reason. It's the reason we didn't. I don't know. It, <laughs> If you want to make an argument, it ended up helping us because then we had to beat Pittsburgh to play Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh, in my opinion, was our best matchup in the whole thing because I think we knew their defense enough that we were going to exploit it. And then I don't think we wanted to play like the Colts. You know what I mean? What a game that was, though, man, that playoff game in Pittsburgh. Sheesh. I... Uh, it's funny because I was at my uh, girlfriend's house with her family who ha- are just getting to know me over you know the course of the few months. And I had, I had kept my cool, and I normally watch the games back home, but I was there for that when they got, they got to see the worst side of me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. When the snap went over his head, I, they were like, all right, well, our house is coming down. That's cool. <laughs> Oh man. If yeah, if the listeners only knew. Uh you yeah, you, you can you show excitement for sure. Oh, only only a little bit. Only a little. <laughs> it's uh it's one of my many flaws. <laughs> uh it's it's a joy though. It is a joy to watch and just be a part of cuz then you feed off of it and it just exhilarates. Um well, I guess maybe not the past it didn't accelerate. It was many frustrations and um expletives <laughs> yeah it was a it was a much more vulgar sunday <laughs> than it is now to be honest uh it's funny living in like an apartment because you're so tight with everybody um and everybody can kind of hear you i ended up meeting like two other three other uh apartments that like have browns fans in them because they just happen to hear me from uh <laughs> Either a couple stories down or down the hall, they ended up like, "Hey man, go Browns!" I'm like, "Yeah, let's go, baby." 
what are your thoughts on uh, the offseason so far? Yeah, so I think that Andrew Barry is doing a phenomenal job. I think he is, um, you know, I think a lot of the media, that if you're listening to local Cleveland radio, sports talk shows, um, the Browns, like CBD, um, my homies Nathan Zagura and Bo Bishop out there, um, and the Big P, um, I listen to those guys a lot. And they've been talking about edge rushers a lot. And, um, you know, like the Hendricksons and... Uh, um, I can't, I just slipped in my mind, but that, what was that edge rusher from Cincinnati? The Carlson? Uh, yeah. Uh, Carl Lawson. Carl Lawson. I, <laughs> I put him no, no, I think it, I could be wrong on that too, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I think you are right though. But, um, not, nonetheless, yeah, he, he was like, you know, the target, he was a target for all these shows. Um, and I think that put in a lot of people's mind that they were just going to, you know, get the best edge rusher, best D line out there, opposite miles to help him out and just be a dynamic duo of a force on the defensive edge. And when they didn't do that and they signed John Johnson, the third, a lot of people were kind of like, what? Scratching their heads and not, I mean, it, it was one of those kind of moves where it had to soak in before you guys realized what the value um, in the talent that we just got, because this is not just the guy that was on the secondary of the number one defense in the league last year in past defense. That is, um, he wore the green dot and he was the voice of that defense. And, you know, he was, he was that field general, um, if you will, on that side of the ball for the Rams. But not only that, they needed it because what are we, what, what, what are we going to do? Are we going to just deal with Sendejo? Twenty twenty one. No, I literally want to throw up in my mouth at that thought. I I've never, I've never disliked. The only position that I was ever decent at playing or like understanding, uh, football wise, was safety. And it's just so funny to. He was. I think he was graded the lowest, uh, like the ro- lowest rated safety in the league by like Pro Football Focus. Um. He was, it was so bad and it was just so clear. And it was so funny because you, you would go on Twitter and he just got roasted every single week. But we were so depleted with uh, that Delpit. That's how you say his name, I believe, uh, from LSU that we drafted. It, it hurt so bad to have him out. And then I, I Sheldrick, uh, Sheldrick Redwine seems to not, uh, be much more than like a role player so we are we are weak there and then to bring in you know john johnson all of a sudden it becomes a strength of our team in my opinion most definitely and not only john johnson let's pluck another one from the Rams secondary um in hill I believe oh yeah troy hill yeah is he a slot guy I think he is more of like a Swiss Army knife. He can play slot. He's primarily better in the slot, I believe. Um, but I believe he has outside capabilities as well. So I think he immediately becomes our number two opposite of Ward. Oh, abs- yeah, no, 100%. And, unless, by some miracle, Greedy Williams ends up being not garbage so is- and not just playing hurt. Well, I mean, he... From my understanding, the injury was bad enough that if you rushed it, he was going to re-injure it. But there, 
I don't know. It felt like towards week 12, week 13, they were healthy scratching him basically just because he wasn't ready to go. Yeah. I, I completely forgot about greedy Williams. Um, I know that his, his comeback story is actually uh, inspirational. Um, it's like he has only 80% capability or full capability of his arm or I don't know. I even know how to uh, really pronounce it. Oh, I didn't it. even know that. Yeah. It's like 80 was like something with his nerve because it's a nerve issue that he has. Um, and yeah, he only has like 80% with the nerves or some, I don't know. I'm not a fucking doctor, but it's, it's quite remarkable. I hope he comes back strong. I, he, he's re- He seems ready to come back. I just hope that like, you know, he's able to lower the boom when needed. Um, I know Ward, he had a difficult time that with his rookie year, like just, and that was kind of the knock on him. Uh, it's not just protecting himself when he's, uh, you know, going in for the tackles, making big hits and such. He has to protect himself. He has to stay healthy because the best ability is availability. Oh, absolutely. And if you are getting concussions because of how you're tackling, man, oh, man, it makes it, makes it real, real difficult to, you know, be an NFL corner. And if you're not an elite level cover guy, you become a liability, in my opinion, if you can't make a tackle on the outside especially in the AFC North. So if if we're going to continue to be a team that relies on, you know, running the ball, controlling clock, we have to have a defense that can make a stop or two. You know what I mean? And that comes with reliable players in the back end, in my opinion. Yeah, you got to be able to stop Chad Henney on third and 14. <laughs> Oh, that is like it's going to go down as like a red right eighty eight or uh, the drive or any of those classic Browns moments. I think, sadly, despite it being such an incredible season, Chad Henney getting fifteen. Oh God! Just it can't happen. Can't can't happen. Actually, he was short. He only got thirteen, but nonetheless, he dude. Come on! Oh yeah, you're right. Even worse, even worse. We let him throw an out route to Tyreek Hill. (laughs) I could have told you that route was coming. Yeah, he (sighs) did his Kansas City motion. Um, Oh man, it's all right. What are you gonna do? What you gonna do? Can't live in the past. Load up. Can't live in the past. (laughs) That's what he has been doing, dude. And he has been loading up on that defense with Walker. Did you see that uh, that Walker linebacker from the Colts coming over? Might be my second favorite signing. Um, oh, gonna... absolutely! It might be my favorite signing. I know that I hate like Sandejo, but like we did not have a single linebacker. Um, you know, what I mean, like it's hard unless you like Mac Wilson, which I I could understand. Yeah, he... But yeah, like you said, he he did not have a very good year. He 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 has his best game was that Kansas City divisional game, um, and hopefully that just continues and you know grows from that going into the next season. Um, but you're right. I mean, we're we're depleted at the linebacker position, and I believe B.J. Goodson he had a good year, didn't he? I mean, by all accounts, and I mean he sadly had the responsibility of cleaning up a lot of missed tackles it felt like so a lot of times 
linebackers like that who statistically have a decent year, it's not so much because they're making great plays. It's just I feel like they're a product of the ineptitude of the rest of the linebacking core. But that that could just be me. Um, we weren't a terrible defense. I mean, we were able to get stops. It's just we got chewed up late in games. I think we have a fast-paced offense now a little bit where teams have to keep up with us and score with us, so they're typically throwing the ball. Um, a lot. I, it's a it's it's hard to just simply say we were a terrible defense um, because there were moments that showed we could become good with a couple you know key additions, and I think we made them. I don't know if it's that what you just explained, or if it was just you know the superstars that we do have in Ward Garrett. Um, you know, just making plays because when our offense was not getting off the ground in 2020 um, and let, let, let's be honest, it wasn't, it was going nowhere in the first few weeks, first month. Um, and Miles Garrett was single-handedly on that defense, just changing games, making cha- game changing plays. Um, I'm pretty sure at one point he had a strip sack fumble recovery all in one. Yeah. I mean, he is, arguably the best edge rusher in the league and just makes plays that go, okay, yeah, that's why we draft him number one. And I don't know if anybody else in the world can make that play. What are your thoughts on him being paired up with Judavian Clowney, who recently visited with uh, Cleveland in Berea? Uh, do you think he'll sign with us though? Because he turned us down last time. And I mean, there's not much not as much of a market for Jadavion Clowney at this point, but I don't know if he yeah, wants to be here. Make up on our team uh, when I guess the decision or the last decision uh, he made was uh, what he go with the Tennessee Titans, I believe he chose Tennessee over us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah so, played like crap, just garbage uh, for uh, Tennessee. I don't think he had a sack all year. He can't be the number one guy. That's I think that's what it is. He's a tremendous Robin, not that great of a, of a Batman, um, but we have a Batman. No worries. I mean, that, this is true. That is okay. Rest assured, we have our Batman in Miles Garrett. Um, and on the defensive side, that is because you would argue that you know Nick Chubb is the Batman on the offensive side, um, as he would like to say. But. Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, it, it has a lot of promise. I would say that if you do sign him, um, and I would be all for it, I'm not going to turn down Jadavian Clowney, uh, but I'm not going to be tremendously disappointed and upset if they don't sign him. Um, if, if they can come on an agreement between both parties, they're happy, that's perfectly fine. I think we're going to get tremendous effort from him. Um, I think he has everything to prove, and he just needs to stay healthy. So that would is, ties up to what I was saying with the contract. Um, I would say that he would have to be signed to maybe like an incentive based. Um, is it going to be a one year prove it deal? Uh, it would have to be something with playing time as well. So he would have to play a certain amount to get full guarantees. Oh yeah. No, you couldn't just offer him something. Just you couldn't offer him a big contract unless like you said, it's completely incentive based because as it stands right now, he is 
arguably like a below average. Like if he's forced into a one role, he's a below average guy. Um, but like you said, he'd be a good number two just because he's a disruptor. I think he doesn't put up a lot of stats, but like if you force him to put your number two like on your right tackle, he was gonna you know cause some havoc. So, um, yeah, definitely, and it's just, it goes to show they at least are making efforts with Tech McKinley. They signed him on a one-year prove-it deal, very team-friendly. I believe it was like four mil and change. Um, but yeah, let's let's be honest. Jadavia Clowney, that's a sexy name, and that's going to raise some eyebrows and create some more optimism going forward. But I'm liking what they're doing. I'm liking what they're doing. They're, they're obviously focusing on the defense. They know what they need to be doing. AB has a formula. They worked on offense last offseason, got that going. Now it's time for the defense because – I feel like he almost was preparing for this. If you look back, if you look like hindsight's twenty twenty, they say, um, I think he was preparing for this with all the one-year deals that he signed on defense last year in the last free agency. He just had it like, you know, plug these holes in, you know, let's fill the roster, get through the season because I know I'm obviously going to have to work on this fucking defense next year or next off season. And oh, yeah. well, he's doing it, man. Oh, I mean, he's doing a tremendous job. Let's be honest. Uh, okay, so easy A, I would say the only thing I would have liked to see is possibly get one more like a rotational uh, lineman, but that'd be asking a lot. So I'm gonna I'd go A if A if you're giving them an A plus, I'd say A A plus range. Even I mean, we're a little bit homers, but I've seen that from most people who grade uh, who graded off, graded the offseason or whatever. Yeah, we, we and we didn't even mention Malik Jackson. I know he's old, um, but I think paired up with Sheldon Richardson, with Miles Garrett, with a possible Jadavian Clowney, but with a young and hungry and want to prove it, uh, Tack McKinley, I think that we might have ourselves a combination of a solid front four for this defense. I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very excited going forward. I'm very Obviously optimistic, as we discussed in this uh, beginning of the episode, that I am the optimistic Browns fan. Half glass, or what? Glass half full? More like glass completely full to the brim. Filled up to the brim, overflowing with optimism for this Cleveland Browns team. And it's great because, like, to be honest, yeah, I'm even getting there. Um, and like you said, Malik Jackson's uh, not a – yeah, he's not the Malik Jackson of – yesteryear but man he's not a bad player and like you said as a rotational guy i mean he's not going to be Ogunjobi, but uh he's definitely going to be able to at least somewhat fill that role and then uh i don't honestly, know honestly if we go ahead joby kind of had like a, a a bad year but actually digressed the oh the, yeah for the past 3 seasons so i think he graded one of the lowest of the d tackles um, on Pro Football Focus, I believe. Um, that's like nerd stuff. I understand it's not really like true football talent observation skills or whatever. But you know, they take take what they say for granted. I mean, they're pretty accurate, aren't they? Oh yeah, no, I typically lean I lean on Pro Football Focus to give me at least like a general idea of how a player 
is going to at least generally play. It, it may not show you what their ceiling is, um, and it may not show you what their floor is, but definitely gives you a general idea on week to week how a guy's going to perform. And I appreciate that. And uh, I, I guess now that I am thinking about it, I did see that he wasn't having nearly nearly the year that we were hoping. Um, and I guess that it has been a continuous thing because thinking back two years ago after his breakout year, he really did have kind of a so-so year, um, kind of like the entire team, though. So we'll see what happens for him. But like you said, I think we have uh, pieces that filled uh, filled his role. I hundred percent, hundred percent agree. And uh, this this just in actually uh, from the newsroom. I believe we have Bobby Bobby Hall back in action with us. Is this, is this true? Hello, Bobby. Are you out there on the field? Yeah, yeah. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you, Bobby. How you doing, man? Okay. Um. Uh, you know, it could be better, uh, but I wanted to hop on for a minute because, you know, I've never, I've never missed a show and, uh, I just didn't feel right. But we, unfortunately, when I came down here, uh, to the basement, to my little desk area where I record and got everything set up, um, kind of found a, a small bit of flooding and then, uh, it kind of moved, uh, I don't know about, about a 10, 15 radius foot radius. So, uh, we had to move a bunch of shit and I'm gonna have to cut some carpet out. I'm waiting for our landlord to show up to uh hopefully shop back all this water out and uh hopefully be good from there we, we got quite a bit of rain um last night and today so i know it's the first time i've dealt with this but i didn't i uh i wanted to hop on for a few minutes uh, i'll probably have to hop back off when my landlord gets here just in case he needs any help with shit but um todd what up man welcome uh to the show we've been looking forward to uh to having you uh, i've definitely been waiting to talk some browns and shit i don't, I don't know how far you guys gotten that, but um, it's definitely uh, good to have you aboard, man. What up, man? I hate to you know talk on in the case of these circumstances, but you know I was happy to get on, and me and Dylan were able to fill in, you know, as much as I could. I'm not obviously no Bobby, but uh, I was definitely excited to get on here with you guys. And here, I'm curious now, do we? We've been talking basically all Browns gave them grades on the off season. Um, you know, I, I'm curious on what your thoughts are, and if I don't know, Dylan, if you got any other questions that uh, you guys wanted to discuss um, today, man, I'm all ears. Um, as far as my thoughts, I, I'm I'm I probably assume we're all on the, the same page there, but I am pretty stoked about it. They filled in some uh, crucial needs in the secondary, especially safety. I mean, safety was. Uh, pretty much a liability through most of the year kind of having to plug in Sandejo there in a spot that he probably shouldn't have been playing and then um kind of dealing with injuries and then obviously the covid shit um kind of ravaged the uh the corners the corner room so bringing in um uh, what's that dude's name oh troy hill Yes, Hill. thank you. From from the Rams, um, Youngstown boy, who will be able to plug right in there into the slot, kind of uh, softens the blow because I, I was a little disappointed that we lost uh, our boy Money Mitch. He was, you know, spectacular, and I think if I remember correctly, I think played every defensive snap 
So, um, you know, he was somebody that was very reliable and for the most part, you know, a pretty solid player. So um, to, to kind of get that filled back in is great. And then to uh, pick up that linebacker, Walker from the Colts, that's awesome. That was definitely another big need, too. Um, I wouldn't mind them drafting uh, one at that 26 spot. But at the same time, they can kind of go after, you know, best available right now because technically they really, they really don't need it because, you know, they're, they're pretty full up at linebacker. Um, or D-end. I mean, that Tech McKinley, he's got, uh, you know, he's got potential. You know, th- through the roof, but what he does with it uh, is, is another story. You know, as most people have seen so far in his career. But working with somebody with like Miles Garrett, um, you know, might be able to uh, tap into that shit. So I got high hopes, man. But I'm excited, and I'm also uh, very stoked that we were able to bring back uh, Hollywood Higgins. You know, he was uh, he was definitely a, a great uh, piece to the offense, and I know Baker is just, you know, madly in love with that guy. So I think we're uh, we're in pretty good fucking shape, man. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. Are you guys on the trade trade OBJ train, or what are you guys' thoughts there? Dylan, you, you can take it. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that I am indifferent. I mean, if they do, I am interested and intrigued on what they haven't get or get in return. Uh, but... I would say it doesn't hurt us right now um, that he's on the roster. I mean, we're perfectly fine if push comes to shove. Like, if you need the extra cash flow to, like, you know, pay Nick Chubb, uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, these, in my opinion, more important cornerstone pieces for this franchise going forward for this future, um, then I would say do it. But right now, I don't think that is the case. And I don't think they are going to move on from him at this particular time. Yeah, uh, I'm kind of with you on that. Um, obviously, he's he's a spectacular player, and I think I want to see what Baker can do with him now that he's a little more comfortable in that offense because obviously up until that uh, Cincinnati game last year, like the second half of it, he was just kind of uh, doing the most and kind of, I think, forcing it towards his way. And um, obviously, it didn't work more than it did work. So, um and at the same time, I mean, you know, uh, I listen to Cleveland Browns daily, and one of the things I always talk about is kind of getting a, a speedster or getting some more speed in that uh, wide receiver room, and that's obviously something that he, um, you know, has. And we've seen that uh, in that Cowboys game and that insane fucking 50-yard run. But at the same time, coming off ACL, I mean, that might be uh, slowed up a bit. But um, even if they wanted to trade him, I'm not quite sure uh, what the what the value would be right now. I'm, I'm sure a lot of teams are – are hesitant because um, of the injury, but um, I wouldn't mind if he stayed. But I, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be crying if if they ended up getting something you know decent in return for the guy. Yeah, I, I'm just. I'm so blown away by this this narrative that he has to go or the offense doesn't work. It, it, it's just not true. I we only got to see the offense really start to work once he was out of the picture anyway. Like the, we didn't have an off season. We didn't have the ability to like really implement Stefanski's offense until week eight, week nine. So to expect that OBJ can't step in and play the role of a number one and let Jarvis be literally the best number two receiver in the league, and 
I'm sorry if Austin Hooper catches a few less balls. So be it. If, you know, uh, the Harrison kid catches a few less balls, so be it. OBJ is going to get his in this offense. And I think this offense is great for him because we can work it over the top. Um, and everybody kind of fills a role, I think. And like you said, Rashad Higgins being our three is great. I, I think it's arguably the one of the best wide receiver rooms in the league. Hands down. Hands down. Easy. Yep. Uh, I would say <sighs> offensively, they are going to run it back. This offseason is all about the defense, which leads me to the draft, which is in Cleveland, ironically. And it sounds like, I guess, from the gibberish the NFL is speaking, uh, is it, they're allowing people there. But With the, fans, they, baby. With fans. I mean, yeah. It's kind of, I don't know, gray to me because they were like, we're allowing people, but only a certain amount of people are going to be allowed in. Um, I think they're offering tickets. Like you can pay to, like, to be like in a certain section up close to the stage with the prospects. They're only allowing like a certain number of tickets to those sold. But with that, it's still like, are you, what about the people that are driving? You know, like myself, I would have to like drive like three hours to Cleveland. And if I was told that I can't go into the draft and like the festivities and such, because there's some kind of cap on the area for the draft. Like, I mean, that would total, that would suck ass. Yes and no. I mean, there's going to be all kinds of shit going on in the streets. And I mean, obviously it's usually an indoor and outdoor event. Cause there's probably always a, a large uh, amount of people that come up for those things. And I also did see something too. Uh, I think the people that flash some vax cards are going to get a little more access to stuff. And I think we're going to start seeing that kind of shit um, in a lot of different uh, aspects of entertainment, oh, um, restaurants, et cetera, et cetera, which uh, that's a whole other thing. But um, yeah, I mean, I, that would be, if you had your heart set on, on being right there front and center, um, and not being able to get in, that, that's going to be a, a crucial blow, but uh, you got to imagine that just the whole city of Cleveland that weekend is going to be a blast regardless. Yeah. yeah. And go ahead. Oh, go ahead Dylan. Well, I was going to say it's down where the actual draft area is going to be down by the stadium. And then you got to imagine the city itself, like off Euclid and that alleyway, like it, that whole area is going to be just popping. So um, it being in Cleveland is going to be great. I think not only for the organization, but the city itself, it's going to drive a bunch of uh, people to the city. I don't know if that's a great thing during uh, <laughs> COVID, but you know, if they're, hitting the protocols and the city uh, can it, it can do it. I think this is awesome for Cleveland. It looks great. I mean, aesthetically, it looks great. Propped up right between the stadium and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I think they're actually going to be doing something as well uh, with like a Super Bowl. I think I heard something with like a Super Bowl, like a walkthrough where they have like the costumes that these – Musicians wore throughout the years, like Prince's uh, reigning concert that they had during the Super Bowl halftime. That outfit, 
will be out there. It's basically like pretty much like the Pro Football Hall of Fame is going to be in Cleveland as one of the festivities. Sounds cool. Uh, it sounds like one of those like once in a lifetime type of deals. Like you do it once just to kind of like get it off the bucket list. And what a perfect time to do it with it being like in our own backyard. But still, I'm kind of still on the fence on if I want to go or not, especially with like the pandemic, obviously, but more of this, the, the restrictions and the unsureness of what's going on. But it's probably one of those things we won't know what's going on until the day of or I would hope at least maybe a, they give us a week. Yeah. A buddy of mine, his girlfriend, I, I don't know how what she had to do to get him, but she got him fucking VIP passes and shit. What that entails, I don't know, but sounds pretty fucking dope. Wow. So I'm, I'm definitely jealous. He's a bronze fan too, so he's going to be really, really stoked for that. What if they don't keep the first round pick? <laughs> I mean, that wouldn't be – because right, right now, I mean, they need to fill in. They could use another piece on the D-line and maybe another another like corner, possibly, possibly linebacker. Um, but uh, it wouldn't be that, that terrible if they, you know, traded on and maybe gain some more shit for next season, um, or you know, traded down to get a later pick. I mean, there's not really that much further down you can go. Um, but you know, along with like a player or something. But yeah, man. I mean, really, uh, they're in a good spot to where they don't necessarily, you know, need to draft in the first round. They can get, uh, you know, some some filler guys well, in the mid to late rounds. I mean, in the sense that maybe not more typically the Browns, but if like you're hosting the event, you have majority, probably at least 75%. Um, the hosting city's probably gonna have those fans there. They're, they they want to see their team pick. Okay. They want to be able to cheer on the new fresh stud that they just drafted. You know, it's oh, so- the Eagles. And then you boo them. Right, yeah. exactly. And then, I mean, that is the pressure on? Is there more pressure when you're a hosting city to keep that first-round pick? Especially, I mean, it's more especially that first-round pick because it's you know that's the celebration night of the entire draft. Yeah, I mean, if you're like top 10, I mean, you got to think the, 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 the latter 15 picks or maybe even the latter like last 10, like 20 to 32, I mean, those guys, you know, those aren't like the big, you know, names that are going to, get plugged in day one and be fucking, you know, uh, diamonds. Um, if it was like, those are good. Those are good. If you do it right, those are good spots. Cause I feel like everybody from like 28 to like 52 in the draft, like order, those picks are kind of interchangeable. Those guys are all like B plus to a minus guys. Sure. But like to be in to be like uh, well now what is it the Forty ers today after that trade, um, the Jets and then in, uh, what the Jags you know if one of those teams were uh, one of the hosting cities this year, um, you know having to choose between those quarterbacks, that's 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 where the pressures are going to be fucking uh, ten out of ten for sure. Who do you think they're going to pick there at three? The Niners. Um, well, I initially when I seen the trade, I'm like, well, here goes Justin Fields, but they're claiming that Jimmy G's their guy, so maybe I mean they maybe they'll draft Fields still and just kind of yeah bring him alongside him. I don't know because I, I think it's that's like, uh, that's a contract that's hard to uh, offload. I mean, Jimmy G's not anything special. Rosen was their guy, and and literally their Twitter name was like hashtag We got. Uh, What's his name? Murray. We got Murray. 
But nope, Joshua's a different yeah, guy. Well, I mean, but that, I think that that screenshot that you're talking about, I, I, I want to say that was probably taken um, after the draft. Because whatever, like, even if you go back to somebody's tweets from 10 years ago, whatever their Twitter name is today, like, whatever the display is today, is what would pop up. So I think that's what um, is the case there. Because I, I feel like uh, that would have been talked about big time, big time on the sports yeah, okay. networks. Like, I can't remember the talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like that would have been pretty, pretty large uh, story there that week. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say I believe I believe that probably worked more towards the way Bobby's putting it, just because man, that would have been such a dick move to <laughs> to, to do that, even to a guy as sad as Josh Rosen. Yeah, what a shitty fucking uh QB class that was. Oh, could you imagine if we would have made that mistake? Had had we There's evaluated books, man, fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and me and Dylan were actually arguing today before the show about that situation. Yeah, bring it up because, huh? Do you want me to bring it up? <laughs> I'm curious because it it's funny, Bobby. At the time, who were you most high on? Because now we're looking at like arguably three top. You'd have to at least say top fifteen guys got drafted in there, and yeah. then a fucking dud. Just a dud, and then up another possible just fucking dud. So, I, I'm curious, what were your thoughts before the draft? Um, I I remember being totally um, off of uh, Josh Allen. I was like, nah, no thanks. Which you son of a he's bitch made me look like made me look like a dumbass. And then I actually, because I I still because I'm a Ohio State fan. And I was like, and I'd seen a bunch of shit. One, Baker's, you know, he's a smaller quarterback, and that kind of was turn off. And I just kind of seen flashes, obviously, like many people, Johnny Manziel 2.0. And then I fucking hated him for planting that Oklahoma flag in Ohio Stadium. Um, and then, uh, I, t- to be honest, dude, I, I was uh, I was in on Sam Darnold. So I'm glad that uh, I'm not a front office guy because I would be uh, chased out of the city 100%. Yeah, because Dylan, it's funny because like, Dylan was so high on Baker, and I mean, I understand why now, obviously, but there's a very notorious video of me when we drafted Baker of me just <laughs> taking the jersey off and just being like, all right, I don't even know if I can deal with these guys anymore because <laughs> I was so high on – to be honest, I wanted Josh Allen, but I was – I thought we were going to draft Sam Darnold. And then, yeah. you know, the way it worked out, obviously, I'm not all that upset. I mean, you could make an argument for – I obviously think Baker is a better quarterback than Lamar, and I know I'm going to take heat for that. Easy. No heat at all. Well, yeah, not from you guys, I would hope. I, I think, in reality, Lamar is living off just pure – insane athletic ability and the moment that even is slightly gone i think it's chops for him um but i think josh allen is just a special qb he's just so big and so strong and if he even kind of gets his accuracy under control i thought he was gonna be pretty damn good but i i I think baker's ceiling is arguably just as high as uh 
Josh. It just it depends yeah. on system. And I think Stefanski is like his perfect match, but that's just me. The um the funny thing too is because I, I I like I said I'm a, I'm a Buckeyes guy, so I was very excited um, when we picked up Denzel Ward just because I mean he's the fucking truth. And I remember a lot of people being pissed that we didn't take Bradley Chubb there, which he was good that first season, but since then he, he's been banged up and hurting shit. So I'm glad that worked out on that that side of things. Who was? Oh yeah. The Barkley at one, and then whoever's left at four train for quarterback. I was never. See, no, I was never on board with that. You remember? That? I wasn't. I wasn't on board with it either. I said draft. You draft your quarterback, right? But I do. Hindsight is twenty twenty, but ha- having Barkley, having Josh Allen, which is how it would have worked out. Um, most likely, unless we graded Rosen higher, which, oh, man, oh, man, that, that's a scary thought of dra- if we would have drafted Barkley than Rosen. Um, but obviously we know how good Nick Chubb is. So it's easy to say now because Nick Chubb is so good and I would say is better than Saquon. But Saquon at the time was, you know, was – Posted and pegged as this generational talent. I'm glad we have Nick Chubb though. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be uh, coming for the bag after this season, deservingly so. Do you think so? That's when shit's gonna get, huh? Do you think so? I mean, like, obviously, he's well well deserved. I'm not saying he's not deserving of it, but I'm saying just like I don't. No, because I think knowing that the salary cap is going to explode with the TV deal now in place, it's not going to explode. I don't think it doesn't explode until 2023 season, but maybe if he even extends like a one year uh, team friendly deal and then kind of like cash in when the TV deal kicks in and the cap explodes. And we have to kind of get into that real briefly. Um, there's no such thing as cap, uh, but I think we can get it done and resign him, but I don't think it's going to be like, you know, top three running back money because I don't think AB is going to do that. And unfortunately the reality of it all, if he truly is seeking that and he's going to go this, like the Zeke Elliott route and kind of maybe not sit out, but kind of bark for that kind of money, be the top pay top dog. Cause I'm the best mentality. I think we are going to be seeing Nick Chubb, in a different uniform, unfortunately, as as much as I'd hate to see that. Especially with the way Kareem Hunt is handling things and structuring his deals and the way he needs to be in Cleveland um, or he ends up getting in trouble type shit. So I could see them letting Nick Chubb walk as sad as it might be. We'll see. I mean, Derek Henry ended up getting paid. So I think um... – I think and I don't think he's going to be getting like Zeke money. I think that's just Dallas doing stupid Dallas shit. Um but he'll he'll definitely get uh you know uh a, a solid amount. Probably I don't even know. Um but I, I, whatever they got to do to lock him down, man. I think that's is just what they need to do. Period. Hopefully we don't we don't have to worry about that. But yeah, the next couple seasons is when shit's going to really uh really get interesting. Um, got a lot of guys that are going to be wanting to get paid. I think Wyatt Teller is going to be a free agent after this year. Yes, that's another contract. one I want to get locked down. 
Yeah, dude, we need to resign his ass. What a stud. What a steal, though. Like, absolute steal from the Bills. I don't know if the the Bills just didn't know what they had or if he just really developed. Um, But, man, oh, man, to go from almost obscurity to being an all-pro. He was an all-pro, wasn't he? I believe so. He should have been if he wasn't. Uh, He's just an absolute baller. Um, Durable. I got a couple quick non-Browns questions I want to ask you, and then we'll, we'll get you out of here um, while we got you. But I'm interested because we'll, we'll get another, we'll get probably a couple couple people that used to listen to the old um, Half Baked Takes podcast that that thing that whole uh, project just abruptly ended a couple years back. I don't think we ever really got the explanation on that. Um, looks like uh, Charlie uh, joined the amateur golf tour around around the way here, so maybe that had something to do with it. I don't know. Uh, I'd like to get him on the show as well. Um, he's always fun to chat with. Um, and then uh, I got one more question that we ask all our guests at the end of each uh, interview that uh, I'll, I'll save after your, your answer there. Absolutely. Um, so it's funny. Half-Baked Takes, which is a project that I'm not even going to say is truly dead because I love, one, the name, and two, just the uh, – the idea of it because Charlie is so funny and the, the dynamic that we had was so good. I think it's more a product of uh, timing and COVID didn't help um, because we were discussing bringing it back. Um, it, 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 with me wrapping up school, I think once I uh, am done with that, I'm going to need a, a side project. Um, so I, I'm hoping that we can eventually bring it back because I do think it is a uh, solid concept. And uh, he's a good friend of mine who obviously had – he's one of the smartest men like I know. And it's just crazy that he's so off-the-cuff funny the way he is. And then for us to just be able to, you know, sit and bullshit about sports was just great. So hopefully, like I said, we'll get back to it. And then uh, – what is this question? This last question. Uh, well, first, I just want to say yeah, I I enjoyed listening. It, it was kind of a you know a different um, style of uh, you know pod, sports podcasting. Obviously, um, not everyone uh, sits and, and, and rips a, a couple bongs for before, during, and, and after they record. Besides Dylan, um, so it was it kind of uh, was a different dynamic, and I enjoyed listening to it. Yeah, you and Charlie, um, you know, work well together, and. You know, um, it's always a possibility to record remotely. That's what me and Dylan have been doing for like two years. So um, if it's ever easier for you guys to do it that way, um, that's always an option and, and one that works pretty well. Um, but obviously in person is going to always be a little bit better there, kind of being face-to-face. But, um, yeah, um, our last question before we get out of here is, uh, knowing what you know today, what is one thing you would tell your 18-year-old self? <laughs> Use your head and not your dick to think. Uh, okay, son, <laughs> young young Todd, please uh, make wiser decisions in the ladies' department. <laughs> Fair enough, man. I think uh, you know. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people out there have have made some uh, very sketchy uh, decisions there. Because um, yeah, we got we got two brains, unfortunately, and when one uh, one's got a little too much blood pumping. 
into it uh the other one just goes completely dead so <laughs> that's how it goes 100 um but uh and then i'm gonna ask one more thing one more thing on the, on the it doesn't have to be in any particular order but top three cereals go fruity pebbles one cinnamon toast crunch two and then man it's it's sad because you there's a caveat because you got to eat them fast but dude uh cookie crisp dude just smacks every morning if you eat it quick don't let them bitches get soggy though boom more great advice right there um Todd, man, I'm, I'm glad you were able to join us. Sorry, I, I kind of had to come through uh, to the party a, a little late, but I'm glad I was able to, to stay on for about half the show. Um, it was good catching up. Great to talk some Cleveland Browns. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we'll see what happens here in a couple weeks. Maybe we can all get together for the draft. That'd be kind of dope. Um, we'll have to discuss that off air. But um, Dylan, I'm, I'm looking forward to listening to this first half. I want to see how you did, how you brought it in uh, intro-wise. I'm sure you did a great job um, you know, on your own. And uh, I, I look forward to, to hearing hearing all that good stuff. But for now, man, take us out as you always do. The DYLF ringing you in, taking you out. Uh, Todd, it's been a pleasure discussing NFL football, more specifically the Browns with you. Um, definitely would have to get you back on here once the season gets rolling, maybe closer to the season, maybe to make more acquisitions. Uh, who knows? We'll see. We'll, we'll discuss with it. Get half-baked takes rolling up again. I would love to be a guest. Bobby, I can think I can speak for you as well. You'd love to be a guest on any episode. Uh, if any of our schedules match up, that is. Uh, just let us know. But Definitely, boys. I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity uh, and would definitely uh, want to get back on here in the future and can't wait to uh, to listen to future episodes with you too. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. The love is mutual. I can't wait to get back up to the Northwest Perrysburg area. Link back up um, at Ian's spot. But yeah, we'll discuss draft festivity plans after this episode. From myself, Bobby, Todd, take care. Hugh is the true.